on death row Guilty in the first degree Son of God hanging on a hill Hell was my destiny The crowd was crying crucify Could have come from these lips of mine Guilty shame was killing me It would take a miracle to wash me clean dead heart began to beat the breath of God filled my lungs and the Holy Ghost awakened me yeah the Holy Ghost awakened me when I read the red letters and the ground can be dismissed. I realize I have failed to announce that. They can be dismissed to the back. Hadn't it been good to be in the Lord's house? I feel like as Jesus has gotten all the honor and glory of everything that's been said and done here. As I said at the beginning, there's so much in this world that's about us. And I'll tell you, it does something in the heart of a Christian when they lose themselves and they just begin to give Him honor and glory. There's nothing like praising our Savior. There's nothing like praising our Lord. There's nothing like praising Jesus Christ. 
because we know, and nobody else knows better than we do, where we would be if it wasn't for Him. I praise the Lord for Him saving my soul. I'm thankful for Him coming to me when I couldn't go to Him. When I couldn't go up, He came down. And He saved my soul and redeemed me. What a mighty Savior. Romans 6 and verse 16. Romans 6 and 16. The Apostle Paul wrote, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. Ye have obeyed from the heart that, that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men, because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness, and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then, and those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death, but now being made free from sin. Isn't that a beautiful sentence right there? Being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on this subject, facing life's toughest decision. Facing life's toughest decision. I believe the toughest decision that someone will make in life is not what to wear in that coming day. We have a lot of decisions to make on a daily basis, don't we? What am I going to wear? What job am I going to take? What am I going to eat? You know, I don't know if y'all are like us. Sometimes me and Lacey will sit there. I don't know what you want to eat. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want. Every day we make decisions and decisions and decisions. But there is a decision that comes in one's life that will follow them for the rest of their life and for the rest of eternity. And I believe the biggest decision that anyone has to make is the decision whether to be saved or to remain lost. You don't have to do anything to stay lost. But you have to do something to be saved. And the toughest decision that there is in life is what to do with that man called Jesus. Yes, he's a good man. Yes, he lived. Yes, he walked on the earth. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. He was more than just a good prophet. He was more than just a good man. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the anointed one of God, ordained by God to come down from heaven to dwell upon men and to die for us, to lay down his life for us, Child of God, understand today we celebrate the fact that we serve a risen Savior. We celebrate what we have, the hope and victory that we have in Jesus. But lost people can't celebrate that. If you don't know Jesus, you don't have anything to celebrate. If you don't know the gift of God, the Bible said that Jesus is the gift of God. The greatest gift God ever gave to humanity was Jesus Himself. And He gave this gift. But you know what? I've given my kids gift, but they didn't have to receive it. Huh. They didn't throw it away, though, did they? They tore right into it. I'm telling you, this world ought to be tearing into Jesus. 
the best gift ever been given to the world is Jesus Christ and so much of this world is sitting on the fence not knowing what to do with Jesus not wanting to give up the, the lust and the pride of life and not wanting to give up themselves and surrender themselves to Jesus Christ but you know what it's a battle that will, that will follow you the rest of your days and child of God, you will battle sin. You will battle good and evil. And that is something that everybody in this room is confronted with is the battle that we face within ourselves every single day. I am saved, I am born again, and I'm dying and going to heaven. There's nothing you can do about that. Amen? But every day I have a choice. I have a choice. The Apostle Paul used the word yield. And he said, he talked about yielding your members. And the word yield means to submit, to comply, or to surrender. On a daily basis, we will have that decision to make whether we will be dead indeed to sin or alive unto God through Jesus Christ. Notice back in verse 11, it says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed through sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I don't want to be dead to sin. I want to be alive in Christ. I don't want to be dead to the law. I want to be alive in Jesus Christ. Notice in verse 13, it said, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Every day we have that fight, we have that decision, whether we will yield our members as instruments of unrighteousness or to righteousness. Whether we're going to yield to the evil things or to the good things. The things of the world or the things of God. Notice verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Every day we'll have that decision. We'll have that battle. We'll have that fight. Whether we're going to live under the dominion of sin or under the dominion of God's grace. Aren't you thankful for God's grace this morning? I'm glad I don't have to be dominated by sin anymore. But I can be dominated by a holy and righteous God in my life. Notice verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Understand today that we'll have that decision of whether we're going to be servants of sin or obedient to righteousness. Every day we have that decision to make. It's the battle. It's something that we all go through. Notice verse 19. He said, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity. Even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. We will have that decision of whether we'll be servants of iniquity or servants to holiness. Every day that decision's there. Every day, what am I going to do with God? Every day, what am I going to yield myself to? What am I going to submit myself to? To the things of the world? To the things of the lust of the flesh? To the things that appease the, the pride of life? The things that, that are not of God? Is that what I'm going to give myself to? Or am I going to give myself to righteousness? To holiness? To obedience to God. Let me tell you something, folks. You're either over here or you're either over here. You're either submitting to the world or you're submitting to God. And a lot of y'all think that y'all are sitting right here. And, and a lot of times we feel like that we can play the world and play God all at the same time. But child of God, it doesn't work that way. 
You, you cannot serve God and mammon. It's one way or the other. There's no sitting on the fence when it comes to your relationship with God. You can sit on the, the fence when it comes to politics. You can sit on the fence when it comes to anything. But you cannot sit on the fence when it comes to your relationship with God. You're either obedient to righteousness or you're obedient to unrighteousness and to carnal things. Child of God, we need to be obedient to God. We need to submit ourselves to Him. We need to yield our members, our bodies, our arms, our legs, our tongues, our minds. Everything must be surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. May our tongues be used for the honor and glory of God. May our hands and our arms and our feet be used for the honor and glory of God. Paul said, don't yield to the world anymore. Quit giving your bodies to the world and give them to Jesus. Amen? They're the temples of God. Give them to Jesus. Dedicate it to Him. And all that ye have, yield yourselves. Submit yourselves unto God. I'll never forget when I was 13 years old, that battle that I faced. The battle that I faced, whether I would be saved or remain lost in my sin. I cannot comprehend now that I'm saved how anybody can remain lost in their sin. Especially anybody sitting in this room that's been under the gospel preaching. But some make that decision. I'm not going to be saved. I'm not going to be saved. I'm not going to yield myself to God. And then there's some that get saved. And then they realize, you know what? I've, I've given my heart, but I don't want to give my life. And so they struggle in their relationship with God because they got one foot in the world and one foot over here, they think. But in reality, they're still over here. Submitted and committed to worldly things and cardinal things. It's eating our churches alive. That kind of mentality of being here and there is destroying our lives and our families. God cannot get glory out of that. Amen. Child of God, we must submit ourselves fully to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, I want you to listen to something. Because I believe today that there is a place for lost people. I believe today that there is something for lost folks. There are results of remaining lost in sin. I can preach till I'm blue in the face. Be saved, be saved, be saved. But you're not going to get saved until you lose yourselves and submit yourself to God. And you can spend your whole life being mad, being bitter, being hard-hearted, and not getting saved. But know this, there are results from remaining lost in your sin. There are results by yielding yourself to the things of this world. I want you to look in verse 20. It says, for when ye were servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. You didn't have to be right. You didn't have righteousness. You didn't know righteousness. And so the result of remaining lost in sin, a life of sin produces wickedness. If you're not submitting yourself to the things of God and being saved and committing yourself, then you're committing yourself to the world. And that kind of life is a life full of wickedness. It is a life that is outside of the will of God and the Word of God. Understand that if you remain lost in sin, and you got every right to do that this morning, you can, you can say, Preacher, I'm not going to be saved. There's nothing you can say or do that can affect you or affect me from being saved. I'm not going to be saved. Well, that's fine. But you're going to live a life of wickedness. And there's going to be wickedness in your life. 
And everything that your life is about is going to be to appealing the lust of your flesh, the pride of your life, fulfilling that ego. It's all going to be about you. And it's going to be about you, and it's going to be about you, and it's going to be about you. And when it becomes about you, you're going to mess your life up. And there's going to be wickedness in your life because you're going to make bad decisions. You're going to make mistakes. And you're going to have to live under the consequences of those decisions. You say, preacher, what's wrong with wickedness? Wickedness can follow you the rest of your life. Understand today that God does not, has never had a desire for us to live in wickedness. He wants us to live a life of holiness. Living according to God's Word. Not according to what society thinks. Who cares what the politicians say? Who cares what society says? God said, do it my way. But if you're lost this morning, you're going to continue to submit yourself to the ways of the world. And it will destroy you. It will eat you up. You know what? They say today, you can marry whoever you want to marry. Men, marry men. Women, marry women. Kill the babies. It's where we've gone, folks. There's nothing holy. There's nothing righteous. There's nothing godly about that kind of law. Nothing about it. God said don't submit yourselves to that. But submit yourselves to holiness. The lost people remain in wickedness. Notice this next verse. Verse 21. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now shame? Not only is it full of wickedness, but it's full of wastefulness. What fruit? What fruit do you have? You're lost. You're doing this thing on your own. You think you're in control. You got this. You don't need help. Man, preacher, I got it all under control. Well, look at the fruit. What's coming from it? You work yourselves to death to have the big home, to have the big bank account, to have the big job, and you're doing this and you're doing this to get everything this world has to offer. And you're just as miserable as you was when you got started. And you're doing everything you can to fulfill that longing. Man, you got all the money in the world, but you still can't go sleep at night. Of all your worries. you got everything this world has to offer and you're scared to death to die. You have everything that this economic system can give you, but yet inside you're poor as all get out. Understand today, yes, you've got money, you've got land, you've got it all, but you don't know where you're going to spend eternity. Well, i got a mansion. Not if you're lost, you don't. If you're lost, you don't have a mansion. Well, preacher, I got a mansion. You're not going to have it very long. Because it's going to burn up and it's going to waste away. And where you going, they don't have mansions. They don't have it. Waste. Do you realize when I go back in my life and I look at the times that I didn't serve God, you know what I say? Miss V, I wasted so many years. Cathead, I wasted so many years. And that life outside of the will of God, I thought I was going to get so much. And you know what? Just like the prodigal, I came back empty. But bless God, God was there with His arms wide open to receive me back into the fold. And He welcomed me in. And bless God, when I got there, I didn't have nothing to show for it. I wasted. Wasted it. Not only is it full of wastefulness, but it's full of wages. Notice what it said at the end of verse 21. For the end of those things is death. Verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. The word wages means consequence. 
You submit yourself to the world, you get ready to pay the price. There's going to be wages for the life that you live. You will reap what you sow. And if you, if you reap and you reap evil and evil and evil and evil, that's what you're going to get back. And you are going to face the judgment of God. You say, well, preacher, I've got the job, I've got the money, I've got it all. I cannot be touched. Yes, you can. God can touch you. And God's going to touch you. No man is so high that they cannot be touched by an almighty God. And you can go and you can live and you can submit yourself to the ways of the world. But you're going to pay for it. Brother Allen, you're going to pay for it. We feel like that we can go out there. We're inescapable. No, nobody can touch us. We can get out there live any way we want to live. And it's fine. We just get a pass. And sometimes you've got to live by the consequences of those decisions for your entire life. Some of us are still living by the bad decisions that we made years ago. We will pay. Child of God, you'll pay if you're not submitting yourselves fully to God. You'll pay. Your family will pay. Your kids will pay. Your spouse will pay. Child of God, understand that God can touch you if He needs to. Lost person, you'll pay. You say, preacher, what's the wages of dying in this world lost? The Bible said the wages of sin is death. That means complete separation from a holy and righteous God. If you died today not knowing Jesus as your personal Savior, you will forever be separated from God. You'll always be separated from the love of God, the people of God, the message of God. Everything about God you'll be separated from and you will spend an everlasting eternity in hell. In flames. Whoo, boy, it got quiet in here. Baptist churches don't want to hear that word hell anymore. Hell's a real place, folks. And real folks go there every single day. The rich go there. The poor go there. The smart go there. The dumb go there. The white go there. The black go there. Everybody in the world that dies without a personal relationship with Jesus has to pay the price. they got to pay. You know what's sad? He already paid the price. Jesus already paid the price. It may have been free for you, but it wasn't free for Him. Your salvation may have cost you nothing, but it cost God everything. Jesus paid the price. So that we didn't have to yield to sin and yield to the world. But bless God, we could yield ourselves to Jesus and yield ourselves to His Word and we could become righteousness because of Him and through Him. It's all because of Him. And if we yield ourselves to Him, we can be saved. Whew! To be the sons of God. To no longer be enchained of sin. No longer to be held down by the things of the world. To be set free. Whew. Half y'all look bored this morning. Half of you look dead. Half of you look like you wore out. You've been running in the world so much. I'm as guilty as anybody. But child of God, you've been set free. I heard a preacher the other day say, you ought to be happy and you ought to notify your face about it. You've been set free. And the sin that we were 
in, 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 chained to, bound to. Bless God, we've been set free from the power of God. And the power of God has set us free from these chains of sin so that we could live this free life unto the Lord. I'm not a slave of sin anymore, but bless God, I'm a servant of God. The results of being free from sin is, number one, salvation produces a new position. Notice what it said in verse 22. But now being made free from sin, ye become servants to God. Bless God. Man, when I was lost, I wasn't really a nobody. I was a Lou Ellen. I wasn't very impressive. But the very day that I met Jesus, I found a new position. I became a child of the King. Say, you're, you're Brother Jeff's son. I am. But I'm his son. I've been born again, and I'm in a new family. And not only do I have a new family, but I got a new job. And I no longer serve to fill my flesh, but I serve to satisfy my Savior. And in this new position that I have as a child of the King, I no longer live to myself, but I live it unto Him. And all of my life is no longer about what I want and this wants and that wants. But God, what do you want? As His child and His servant, God, what do you want? Well, I ain't, ain't going to do that. I'm going to live my life. You know what that means? You right over here in this part, submitting yourself to the world. No, I'm not. I'm living it my way. You in the world, folks. If you ain't over here, you, you over here. Man, I'm from Louisiana. I'm not very smart, but I'm smart enough to know there's a difference. You over here, or you over here. Bless God, I'm over here. I'm a child of the King, a servant of God, the creator of the universe. He's mine and I'm His. And there's nothing else that can separate us any longer. I've been set free from the chains of sin. Bless God, I'm saved. I don't think about it. I don't wonder about it. I know that I'm saved. I've been set free. I'm so tired of asking folks, when you die, when you go to, when you die, where are you going to go? Oh, well, I hope heaven. Shame on you. You can know today. Because you don't just get saved, you become a son and a daughter and a servant of the King. Man, I'm glad to serve Jesus. Man, I'm glad to be one of His today. Not only do you get a new position, but you get a new passion. In verse 22, and become servants to God, ye have fruit unto holiness. No longer is it about satisfying the flesh. No longer is it about what I want and what I think, but now it's about serving Him. And now it's a passion about pleasing Him and what He wants for our life. Used to, it was all about us, but now it ought to be all about Him. We've, man, we've run this world till we're ragged, we're empty, we're down, and we're low. And when you're living over here and yielding yourself to the world, you're not going to get any satisfaction from it. Nothing over here will fulfill that longing that you have. You've got to get over here. This is where the passion comes. This is where the fulfillment comes. When you fulfill the Word of God in your life, and you're living by the Scriptures, there's something that gets inside of your bones. A fulfillment. A satisfaction. An assurance. Whew. I'd rather have the assurance 
that I'm going to heaven than a million dollars in the bank. I'd rather know that I got a mansion in heaven than a mansion on earth. What a passion. And now it's no longer to serve me. It's no longer about what I want. But God, what do you want? And then, you know what happened, Miss V? Then I began to get concerned about where people were going when they died. I never even thought about that before. Who cares where everybody else goes when they die? Boy, when I got saved, I got a new outlook. God said it matters. And man, there's something inside of my soul that I love seeing somebody get saved. Man, what a passion that I have to see lost people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Dr. Brown, just a couple weeks, weeks ago, I got to witness you come to be a son of God. Man, there's nothing better in this world. Man, them cracks at it. Crack at it can have all the crack in the world. You give me a lost person, that'll give me a better high. My good, you can drink all the alcohol you want. Drink it all up. Save people, you get you a lost person. And you see what it does for you. And you get in there and you get to tell them about Jesus. And your heart's beating. You're scared to death. You don't know what to say. But you got a passion and a desire to see them get saved. Man, you're in there biting. You're saying, oh God, what do I say? You know what I do? Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, give me the words. Man, they, they start fighting. Save loss, save loss. Oh, we don't know, we don't know. If you died right now, where would you go? I'm going to hell, preacher. Whew, all right. Got to get lost before you get saved. All right, we're one step closer. You're going to hell. Are you ready to go to heaven? Absolutely. Man, they fall down on that phrase. Brother Jimmy, I've seen grown men, I've seen grown women, I've seen little kids. I've seen eight-year-olds and 80-year-olds fall on their face in humility, break down for, before an almighty God. I'm talking about prideful in this world, mean in this world, hateful in this world, and the hand of God just melt their hearts to break down. Whew. Favorite part, Mr. B. They get done praying. Dr. Brown, here's my favorite part. You get done praying. And you see that face change. And you see that smile come across their face. Cathead, you ain't got to ask them, but I'll do it anyway. If you died right now, where are you going? I'm going to heaven. Well, you were just going to hell. I know, but I'm going to heaven now. That's better than crack cocaine, folks. Child of God, that ought to be your passion. It ought to be your want to. It ought to be your unction in life. It's to see people meet the same master that you have. To get to know him. To get to know him. To get all about in the business of God and in the word of God. It ought to be a passion of yours. But bless God, salvation produces a new promise. I don't know if I'm preaching long or not, but I sure am having fun. <laughs> Whew. I didn't get to preach last week. But here we go. 22. But now as being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness. Here we go. In the end, everlasting life. Whew. Here's the promise. Whoo! I get a new promise. Everlasting life. You can't kill me. You can't send me to hell. No, long, no matter how many times you tell me to go there. Amen. Yeah. I have everlasting life.
treat me however you want to treat me. Take everything that I have in this world away. That's what the devil did to Job. He took everything he had away. His servants come to him, said, Job, you don't have anything anymore. He said, get your rocks out, boys, and get your hammers, and get your chisels, and you write my words down. <laughs> you write my words down. Start it off. For I know my Redeemer lives. He shall stand at the latter day upon the ends of the earth. And though my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Woo! For I know that my Redeemer lives. He said, I don't have anything physically, but I got it all spiritually. Now I may be poor on the outside, but on the inside I'm a rich man. Are you yielding yourself to God? Lost person, you can be saved today. All of this can change this morning. Be saved before it's eternally too late. Child of God, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're over here one day, over here the next day. Submit yourselves to Him this morning. If you have a decision to make, I want to encourage you.